Avengers. Hello and welcome to Batman and Football, a podcast where I, Cody Dalk, will talk about my love for all things superheroes, movies, film, TV, etc., and my favorite sports, specifically football, but uh, I like it all. So this is my podcast on that, and I will say this, my opinions are my own. There will be foul language and there will be spoilers, so listener discretion is advised. Well, make sure you pour one out for your homies after that thing. So, this is going to be my Avengers Endgame review. It's just going to be brief. I'm really just going to go over the plot and things I liked, things I didn't like. Um, Overall, my biggest uh, takeaway from it was didn't think it needed to be three hours. The, I know I'm a, I'm a huge Back to the Future fan, so the idea of time travel on there just seems so right to me. Obviously, it has its holes, but the time travel here, I'm not necessarily a big fan of, although I, I've been told, and I could be wrong, I've been told that they had some physicists and things like that explaining time and stuff like that, how that worked with the story. I'm not 100% sure if worked for the good or the bad. I mean, there are, there are some major plot holes in, in this movie. Now, that being said, I'd probably say I was... I remember saying maybe the second best MCU movie. I, I, would, um, I think it's actually like the fourth. The fourth best one, in my opinion. If the... My favorite Marvel movie is Winter Soldier. I just I like how grounded that is in reality, and that has a great twist that I honestly didn't see coming, which I was really great in my opinion. The second would probably be Thor Ragnarok, rejuvenated my um, excitement for these Marvel films. Which, to be frankly honest, I'm not a big fan of most of them, um, and I don't know why. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know if it's because of the formula. I'm not. I mean, I'm so used to. I mean, I'm a DC fan, so anything dark and gritty, I'm just so used to, and that just seemed a little childish to me. I don't know why, and maybe that's why I gravitated towards Winter Soldier a bit, because it seemed a little darker as far as the other films go. Now I get it, Infinity War and et cetera. I mean, half the universe died. That is pretty dark if you think about it, but like I'm talking like as far as a level of groundness, and um, I mean, it was a dark lit film for some scenes here and there but anyway Thor, Thor Ragnarok number two made me fall in love with Thor uh, a, fa- a character that I never really cared for at all even in the comics I just thought he was pretty lame with a really lame helmet but take it to you know I'm not even going to say his name because I know I'll butcher it but he did a lot of Flight of the Concords work and I'm a huge Flight of the Concords fan, and I love that sense of humor, and you can totally tell that they threw that in there, and it kind of made me more uncomfortable, because I didn't plan on seeing it, and I was just like, ah, oh, screw it, I'll go see it. 
and I came out really surprised, and I think that's probably the second best. The, from the original Iron Man, I think, is the third. I mean, that is the one that started it all, and it also has that that grounded reality that hasn't taken that um, hasn't taken that crazy spin where everything's just relying on CG. Like Iron Man's suit is pretty much practical, etc. And it and it and it was a story about the man, not the iron, which I totally respect. And then it would be Endgame being fourth, and then maybe Infinity War after that, or Black Panther, one of the two. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm not a I'm not a basher of Marvel films at all. Or Marvel characters in general. Um, my my, if Batman's my favorite superhero, Spider Man's a very very close second. Uh, as a child or as a kid growing up, I wanted to be Spider Man. I wanted to do everything Spider Man did. I tried to get my haircut like Peter Parker, like things like that. That's who I wanted to be, because I related to it, you know. And then I got older and read, you know, actually read The Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen and things like that. And DC just just did it for me. Now to my Avengers Endgame review. So Thanos, you know, he completed the Infinity Gauntlet, and in the beginning of the movie, you see, uh, you know, Hawkeye's family just go and disintegrate and all that stuff, which I thought was pretty nice. It, it got um, it gave us a good reason why he did the whole um, Ronin storyline, which I thought was actually fantastic. I thought this was something that I wish they would explore a little more, showed a little more. Once again, that's my darker side. I just like that idea that, you know, half the people existed, but he thinks not the half that should. So he's going to wipe them out in his own self, which I think is fucking sweet. Um, it's kind of a uh, Punisher style uh, thing going for him, which is really cool. So and then we also open up as well with, you know, Nebula and Tony on the on the spaceship after immediately after. Well, I wouldn't say immediately if you like a month or so after the events of Infinity War, they run into Captain Marvel and, you know, they bring him down to Earth, and then they decide to, you know, make a plan to find Thanos and just reverse the time time stones, or grab all the Infinity Stones and reverse time to get everybody back. And little do they know, you know, Thanos destroyed it himself, so no one could do that, because, you know, he's a step ahead, like most good villains are. And, of course, pure stupidity happens out of Thor because he feels so so much guilt for essentially being the one that caused that because he didn't aim for the head, so on and so forth. So he, he feels responsible for it. So out of pure anger, he chopped his head off. All that really threw me because I didn't expect it. I haven't seen a single trailer for Endgame before I went into it because I didn't want to because... I've learned from my good old buddy, Sean Ellis, who, by the way, listened to his podcast, Ellis Cinema. Very, very good takes on film, and he does a lot of really good reviews, so shout out to him. And we like to go back and forth about our takes on Marvel stuff, so it's fun. And I'm on that podcast every once in a while, and I'm hoping to get him on here every once in a while. Yeah, so he doesn't watch trailers at all, and I've been to movies with him, and if there's a movie he wants to see, he'll kind of like spaz out and do a little seizure thing and sing to himself. And I think it's kind of funny. Um, I can't do that because I don't want to look like an idiot. Not saying you're an idiot, Sean, but you're an idiot. <laughs> Love you. So, yeah, so that I for certain movies I won't do that for. This one was one of them because I knew I was, I mean, here's my theory with it is, especially with the Marvel movies or the DC movies, you know you're going to see them. 
you're 100% going to see Endgame. Why would you want to see anything that will like give any anything away? I know your excitement will probably, your hype will triple, possibly, but you're going to see the movie anyway. Just try to avoid everything. And I did, and I'm glad I did because I didn't expect a lot of things except for the things I thought were going to be blatantly obvious that happened, which we'll get into later. So yeah, that the head chopping off threw me, and I was like, okay, so how, how, what's going to happen? Was that a was Thanos using the reality stone and messing with their minds, thinking that he killed them, but in reality, he he just fucked with them. Like I didn't know. So then they go to the five years later thing, and then I was like, okay, this is weird. Why are they doing the five years later? That's really odd. Which I think obviously they want to show like a life. Steve also Steve says to you know Natasha that. You know, the rivers are bluer, the water's cleaner, like, he's making peace with what happened, you know, be, like a good soldier does, you know, he, he lives and moves on and fights for another day. But within that, you know, Ant-Man is finally escapes from the quantum realm, which was funny. If it wasn't for a rat, we would not have this movie. <laughs> um and yeah, he decides he, he can't. He doesn't know what's going on, and he finds his, his daughter as a teenager, which kind of sucks um, for me at least because I loved their uh, their relationship in the films. Like she, the the girl that played Cassie was very very good, but who knows? We'll see where this ends up. Steve's been doing grief counseling for people who are just struggling with the with the effects of the snap. Earth's being watched by, like, whoever's left, you know, Rocket, Nebula, Captain Marvel for the most part, even though she's a fucking, you know, she's kind of a bitch and just, like, wants to do her own thing. Because just like in Superman, just like with Justice League and Superman, you can't, I know Superman was dead in the last one, but you can't have somebody so overmatched and overpowered just, you know, be there and just, you know, because there would be no point. Although, you know, she was still no match for Thanos. So Scott, you know, he, he discovers, he, he shows up at the Avengers headquarters and talks to them about the quantum realm and how you can actually travel through time. And that, you know, that gets them excited and it gets them thinking, you know, if we can go back in time and actually grab all the stones where they were originally, we can make our own gauntlet and use the snap and get everybody back. And of course... They ask the smartest person they know to do it, and that'd be Tony. And Tony, you know, he's he's living a good life. He's got a daughter now, and he lives out in the country. You know, he's got his own cabin and a lake, which, to be honest, is the dream. And, of course, you know, when when the, the Avengers, you know, Steve, et cetera, show up, and they try to explain this to him, you know, he's 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 accepted reality that they lost. Like, you know, Tony probably would. At the same time, after he left, that that you know that egotistical, you know, I I know I can do this kind of person just shows up and he figures out how to do it. You know, figures out how to make time the time travel pro possible with within the quantum realm, which of course is such a Tony Stark thing to do. It ultimately makes him decide that he he'll do it, but in the meantime. The Avengers think that he can't. He's not going to do it, which is fine. So then they go and find the second smartest person that they know, and that's the Hulk, who turned into Miles Garrett. Um, period. 
you know, Miles Garrett in the football field is a Hulk. Miles Garrett off the football field is Bruce Banner, you know. But when you mix them together, <laughs> you get the actual Miles Garrett, which is funny. But that being said, that's probably my biggest character gripe with this entire movie. I do not like what they did with the Hulk here. I am not a fan. I think you you need that. That just because what are you gonna do in the future films? He's always gonna be like that. I just don't like that whole like. There's no stakes. There's no stakes with with some of these characters. That's why it kind of bothered me that you know Tony Stark had you know like these nano like these nanobots that built his suit. I prefer the version where he like in the comics where he keeps it all in a suitcase. Where you know it's the same thing with like. Uh, Spider-Man's web shooters, you know, it raises the stakes, and that's and that's what Stan Lee was so good at. Is like I understand, I understand that this it it it, it, it makes a story like you can't really have him carrying around a briefcase all the time. I totally get that, and it also makes it so like you can because there's yeah there's 22 of these movies, and Iron Man's in like majority of them, so I get it. But like there's no stakes with this stuff, and especially with and that's what I liked about Hulk in infinity war is that hulk didn't want to come out and it was this really cool internal conflict between bruce and hulk where you're like dude come on we need you i need you i need you where hulk didn't want to be needed you know it was really cool and here i just i just don't know where they're gonna go with forward with this like is he gonna are they gonna just go oh yeah well me and hulk got into a fight and now he's hiding again and now i'm back to bruce I don't know, and don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not a I'm not a huge Hulk fan because I just I don't like that idea of just a guy gets angry and then he breaks shit up. But uh, there is a lot of la- layers to his character, and I honestly do like the Incredible Hulk movie just because it reminded me of the TV show where he's just so, you know, he's just trying to find a cure. I miss the Hulk where, you know, he he wants to get rid of the Hulk but doesn't have a choice sometimes to be the Hulk to save people. If they're, if they're together and they're in agreement with each other, that just doesn't, it just makes the character un, un, uninteresting to me. It just really does. Additionally, whatever happened to Betty Ross? Why hasn't she been in any of the other movies? I mean, that's his true love, you know? I don't know, maybe Universal owns the rights to all the other characters except for General Ross and the Hulk, but... Uh, that's his true love. And I know she was with another guy in, in that film, but so, you know, Hulk tries that and they, which was a fun scene, you know, they weren't going back in time per se, but you know, Scott was, his body was going back and forth through time. So he's either old or young and one of them shit their pants. He said he wasn't sure if it was the older young one, which I thought was hilarious. And um, then they finally, you know, they gave up and then Tony shows up and they figure it out, all that stuff. And then they get Thor back in, from New Asgard. And this was my favorite character in, throughout the whole movie. Fat Thor is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen. And I really love how they redid Thor in these movies. If anything, Captain America is always Captain America. That's a very spot-on character reflection of the comics. 
Um, Iron Man obviously took on, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s strength, strength and weaknesses. He's basically Robert Downey Jr. now in the books. Like, they might as well just change his name to Robert Downey Jr. at this point. But uh, Thor, he's always been bland to me. You know, he speaks in that Norse god, you know, talk in the books and things like that. I know, like, and ever since Ragnarok, um, they and Chris Hemsworth is a funny dude. Like, he's naturally, he's a gifted, he's naturally funny. He's a very gifted person. They just embrace that that comedic side of Thor, and it's great. It's so funny. It reminds me, he reminds me of one of the, um, like, Swiss Gar or Toki from uh, Metalocalypse. He's, he's got that, that Norse charm, but it's so funny. And, like, calling a uh, rocket a rabbit and things like that, that's cool. But he, he's got his, this shitty house with bad cable where the cable guy hasn't shown up yet. He's hoping to get cable just like every, you know, middle-aged man in America looks nowadays, you know, the long ass beard drinking all day, playing fucking Fortnite with Korg, which is hilarious. I was laughing so hard. That was one of the best scenes in the film. In my opinion, fat Thor, I want to stay that Lebowski, (laughs) the Lebowski jokes. And, Oh, it was great. Uh, but the re- you know the reason why he's like that is you know of the extreme guilt of you know he feels responsible for you know half the civilization being wiped out you know he feels like it's his fault which is great i mean that's a great way to look at reacting to a loss that way i mean that i can't even imagine the level of guilt but of course they get him on board the same way you can get me on board with a lot of things. You can say, I have beer, and I'll be like, okay, what kind? Just like he did. <laughs> because uh, I'm sure Thor's like me and won't drink some shitty bush light or whatever. My uh, my niece is sleeping. I put her to bed around 10 o'clock in the morning, and she usually sleeps for an hour, hour and a half. They go back in time. They eventually, from Avengers, the original Avengers, they go back in time to uh, the 60s. And the writers of Endgame <laughs> wrote already. So they go to Avengers, they go to the Guardians movie, and then they go to they go to Asgard, and then they go to um, the Soul Stone, um, you know, where the Red Skull is. I can't remember that planet. And then they go to... So I usually do these podcasts while uh, 22 films that Marvel had, you know, Guardians. It's getting to that time, so I better uh, make this quick into different parts of the... They usually go to their most popular ones or the ones that most of the uh, take the Tesseract from S.H.I.E.L.D. It kind of reminded me of a 100th episode of like Seinfeld or Friends or, you know, a super popular sitcom where they're like, remember when Kramer would always open the door on me? You know, so then we show clips of Kramer just opening the door, opening doors, you know, like in all the funny ways that Kramer would. It kind of it's kind of what it reminded me of was like, you know, oh, remember when... uh, so, okay, so it reminded me, you know, that SNL sketch with Chris Farley where he's like, he'll, he, he'll be like, remember, remember in, in Winter Soldier when you were in an elevator and all those guys were Hydra and they they jumped you? You remember that? That, that was awesome. 
that's kind of what it reminded me of was that Chris Farley scene where they were just like, remember when the Hulk smashed Loki in, in the Stark Tower and then you guys took him? Remember when when Star-Lord was dancing to come and get your love? That was that was awesome. Like it kind of it was kind of like that, which I guess is is fine. I could do without a lot of that. I mean, I just I know it has to do with the story, but it just seems to me like they're running out of ideas. And I also get it's a fun little way to close the saga um, that they have with you know the Avengers films, which didn't bother me too much. But I could that's something I could do without. I just think that time travel and superhero films are so it's it's a really easy way to do things and easy way for the hero to win, which will. I'll get with the plot holes with the time travel here at the end of the podcast and how how it it doesn't really necessarily work compared to like a DC book that um, is super, super popular. Um, so, yeah, they do that. They get all the stones. And during the Avengers time, it kind of obviously fucks up. They fuck up always. You know, it's always the Hulk's fault for the most part. And then, uh, you know, Captain America is fighting Captain America. And, you know, that's America's ass, which is hilarious. They decide that, you know, they might as well just go back further in time. So they go back into the 60s and go through a shield base and take the Tesseract then, which I thought was great because in the three and like and then when Rocket and Thor go to Asgard, you know, they see Thor sees his mom and all three of those, you know, the major guys in in these films, they all get a sense of closure at, at, at these scenes. And you kind of feel like everything is coming into an end because they all suffered this huge loss, huge loss. You know, Tony loses his dad, his mom and dad, but his dad, and he never really got his his love for him, you know? He never really got the true love that he always wanted from a father, which, you know, you could see in the first Iron Man and first two, maybe, that he resented his his, his dad for that, you know, until, you know, you saw that video in Iron Man 2. But it's probably always back in his head that he can never amount to being the man that, you know, his dad was. And then, you know, Thor loses his mother, he needs to put everyone else before himself, which is so Captain America. And then when you realize, you know, Thor finally gets that that moment he needs from his mom. She she always has the right thing to say. She'll make me feel better, and she does. You feel that closure with Tony, you know, realizing, you know, I can do this. I am a good person, you know. His mom is pregnant with Tony, and Howard's all nervous and excited. You could tell, like, he doesn't know what to do, doesn't know what to say, doesn't know how to treat him. And they have this really, it, I think Tony felt like he saw a different side of his dad talking to him as a friend and not a son. And getting giving his dad advice on how to raise Tony, which I thought was really cool. That he was probably realizing, you know what, my dad does love me. He just doesn't know how to show it, things like that. And then obviously with with Cap, you know, thinking to himself, you know, and, you know, somebody that he trusts, somebody that he loves truly, that always helps him, gives him the right thing to say. And then, obviously, Captain America, his he lost his loss, his love, his only true love, you know, never got to dance with her. She doesn't die, but he makes an ultimate sacrifice that he has no choice. He needs to put himself, if I get these stones back, I can, you know, live the life I wanted to live with the woman I love. So they do all that, and then, obviously, you know, they go to the soul stone and black widow dies, obviously soul for soul. And I thought, obviously 
we all knew, I mean, I knew that Black Widow was going to die. It makes perfect sense because if you look at their contracts and stuff, and that's a bigger heartbreak to most fans. But I thought the more rewarding death story-wise or character-wise would have been sacrificing Hawkeye because I feel like if he, he if he thought, you know, if he had to die for his family to live, that's the ultimate sacrifice. He would do anything for his family, and I thought that's what he would do. And obviously it didn't turn out to be that way. And I thought that would have been nice. I didn't expect I didn't expect it, but I did kind of moment. So then during that, you know, Nebula and her past self have a cross connection, which is pretty interesting. So obviously Thanos finds out that they're actually going back and getting all the time stones. So he wants to take a stop to that and captures, you know, new ne- good Nebula and they see the old evil Gamora pre, you know, Star Lord and Guardians. So eventually they get all the time stones, make a gauntlet out of Iron Man's gauntlet and or Iron Man's suit, and they snap, they do the snap. And next thing you know, they're getting fired at and they don't know what's going on. If maybe they I felt like they thought that they made it worse instead of better, but it turns out it was Thanos and his giant ass army that you saw in the Avengers and in the Infinity War, ready to do battle and take take the stones because they're right there. They're basically there for him to take. You know, they the ending of this movie was by far the best thing I've ever seen on screen in a long, long time. Probably since The Dark Knight, to be honest. I, my eyes were literally shooting out cum. That's how fucking awesome it was. My eyes were coming nonstop. And if I could, I could have went with, if you would have just gave me Fat Thor and... The rest of this movie, just this, I would have been perfectly fine. I don't. I wouldn't even have. There wouldn't have had to been a story. It could have been just a two and a half hour battle, kind of like the Two Towers was, and I would have been fucking sold. It was literally watch. It was like when, you know, Doctor Strange shows up and all the rest of the, this like departed ones from the last film show up, and do this, you know grand entrance and you're just thinking oh fuck this is sweet you know they're all back which we all knew was going to happen but you're in the moment and then they're like you know cap does the avengers assemble thing finally and they all start running and there's just hundreds of characters and you see giant giant man in the background and you just i just stop and think to, i thought to myself I'm like this is like literally looking at a george perez book on um you know however big 200 inch screen it was one of the craziest things I've I've never thought in a million years I would see something like that, whether it be DC or Marvel. You never I never would have thought we would be living in a day where we saw superheroes just running like that. Like fucking who would have thought that fucking Ant Man would have a movie? Who the fuck who the fuck would have thought that we would believe in a universe or spend two billion dollars on a universe where there's a fucking talking raccoon that shoots guns? Like we live in a world where that's accepted and it's cool, which is fucking awesome. And that's why we can get these things that we got. And I'm so happy because this was one of the best battles I've ever seen, albeit all of CG. You know, I'm more of a practical man, but this was fantastic. This this made the movie for me. This really did. Um, if there were any problems I had with the film, this totally made up for it. Same with the last Marvel movie, you know, Captain Marvel was not a big fan of the first two acts of the film, but that third act was enough to make it a good movie. So yeah, that happens. And then, you know, Iron Man eventually, you know, 
obtains the gauntlet, does the final snap, their erase. So they do all that. And my biggest gripe with it was obviously it was just it's a stupid gripe. It was, you know, I want more Spider-Man. Give me more Spider-Man. Which obviously we will. He's getting his own fucking movie, Cody. Calm down. But still, no, I want Spider-Man. Just like in Justice League, I wanted more Batman. Thanos and his army, which if he was a smart man, he would have erased all evil. <laughs> you gotta have more movies, right? But then he eventually dies, which I didn't know. I thought it would have been Captain America being the one dying because of it being on a battlefield. And, you know, it is what it is. It also makes sense for Iron Man to die because you got the bookend your first saga with the character that started it all, which was Iron Man. So it makes perfect sense. I didn't, I know I heard people say that they were crying and stuff like that. And I didn't see anybody crying in the theater that I was in. No, no one was, I mean, everyone was silent, obviously, but I mean, I think it was emotional if, if you didn't expect it or if you're very invested in this, I think I saw it coming a mile away. And by the way, uh, cap with Mornier, that was cool. Straight out of a comic. Superman can also wield it, by the way. <clears throat> so yeah, they do their funeral with them and I thought it that scene with you know Tony's daughter and and Happy when she he asks her if she's hungry and she says she wants a cheeseburger straight out of Iron Man one you know that's the first thing he wanted when he got back from you know the Middle East he wants a cheeseburger great stuff like that just great book ending fantastic and then you know it seems like everything's coming to an end and they say okay Cap put put the stones back where they once were and obviously he doesn't come back. And he does come back as an old man and gives Sam the shield and asks him to take over as Captain America, which obviously in the comic books, that is what that is. You know, he, Sam is Captain America, but so is Bucky. It would have been interesting to see which way they it is interesting to see which way they went. I figured that because they're trying to get a little more diverse with uh, with these movies. I'm, I think that's why they picked Sam. Either way, I'm perfectly fine with it. They're both great characters. It will be cool to see Sam at, in a Captain America outfit with you know his Falcon wings and the shield. That's going to be really cool imagery. If you see, if you look up Winter Soldier Captain America or Bucky as Captain America in Google, and seeing that costume, it's metallic and shiny. It's fucking cool. That would have that's a missed opportunity, but uh, I'm fine with either one. But yeah, Cap comes back as an old man. And, you know, we find out, you know, he lives his, he lives the rest of his life, you know, with Peggy, which got me thinking, like, I feel like she knew the whole time, like in Winter Soldier, she, she was on, you know, essentially her deathbed and she was talking about her husband and stuff like that. And, you know, we never got to see him or anything. And maybe this is just that time that's oh like that time that he went through but that leads me to another thing is like one of the best time traveling superhero stuff whether it be movie or book it actually was turned into a movie was is uh dc's flashpoint where you know if he went back and changed time wouldn't that do the alternate reality thing kind of like in back to the future or for example the flash goes back he runs back into time to stop his mother from dying um, and upon doing so, he creates an alternate reality where we're all just in the middle of this giant war between Wonder Woman's uh, Amazons and Aquaman's Atlanteans. And the w world is pretty much about to end and the Flash doesn't exist. And instead of 
Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. Bruce Wayne was the one that got murdered in, by the mugger. And upon that, you know, Thomas Wayne became a drunk, drunk, maddening Batman who sh- kills people at will. And then his mom becomes the Joker, which is fucking cool, by the way. So and then Superman was discovered in Metropolis, I think, or something like that. And he's been locked away in the government for 15, 25, 30 years. And he's like a little skinny little thing and shit like that. Um, if you ever get an opportunity, definitely watch that because that's really cool. It gives you this idea of that's what time travel could be. It's That's what happens. The moral of it is that if you mess with time, you mess with everything. The Flash doing that selfish act, uh, you know, caused a huge ripple throughout the DC universe where everything was super fucked. And obviously they fixed it because, you know, it's a superhero book slash movie. But that was my that's my problem with these is that like I know it it makes his character arc fulfilling because he's actually doing something for himself and not for everyone else. But upon doing so, wouldn't that how are how is he there with Sam at that moment? Shouldn't he be in an alternate timeline where Captain America never existed throughout? You know what happens to the original Avengers? What happens to Winter Soldier? How do they know is Shield still Hydra? Without Captain America, all these things don't exist. Those that's a huge, huge plot, plot hole that I don't understand. I don't get it, and I mean, I guess those are questions that they they can answer in later movies. I guess, like um, for example, if you haven't seen the trailer for Spider Man Homecoming, which I haven't, but I've heard that there's actually a, uh, a multiverse, which which because of you know the uh, ripple through the. Infinity Stones caused, you know, the snaps caused a multiverse, which is interesting, which is cool. I mean, they could try to figure something out with that. I personally think there isn't a multiverse per se. I think it's just Mysterio fucking with everybody because that's what Mysterio does. Although in the Ultimate books, I think he does have some type of uh, multiverse powers. Um, I'll have to look into that. But all in all, I'll close it out since, you know, this is getting really, really long. Uh, all in all, I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Endgame. Kudos to the Russos from, you know, Cleveland, by the way, for tackling such a major project, hundreds of characters, and giving them fulfilling story arcs. But, you know, I don't... I don't expect anything less from people, from the two dudes that made Arrested Development what it is with all those great characters. But no, I would say, yeah, probably the fourth best MCU movie. I'm curious to see what happens after this, uh, where they're going to go. And I wonder if if Spider-Man and Far From Home is going to move that along or if that's just going to be, you know, since it's a Sony movie technically, if that's going to be like its own thing um, with some certain ripples of the MCU in it. I'm not sure. And then what happens with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four? I would be happy if the next bigger big bad villain is either Galactus or Doctor Doom. That would make me happy. Or even Magneto for the most well Magneto's one of my favorite Marvel villains. I think Doctor Doom is my favorite Marvel villain, but seeing Magneto in a large scale, a deserving scale, I hope they that what they need to do is just look at Jim Lee's X-Men number 1 and just copy that. Just do everything in there, the costumes, the characters, make X-Men number 1. By far. It's so fucking 90s. It's so cool. Uh, still, uh, I'm pretty sure it's still the highest selling comic book of all time. And there's a reason for that. 
you know, X-Men were huge in the 90s. You might as well make the ad- adapt the most popular book. And I hope they do comic accurate costumes. I want to see different colors. I want to see cuz you know, mutants are, you know, being a mutant's a metaphor for, you know, being who you are and I know a lot of, you know, gay people resonate with the with mutants because they were born the way they are and the rainbow flag is you know their their signature if you're a mutant you know be who you are make your own costume be the be who you want to be you know that's the whole point of of being a mutant that's the whole thing about stan lee's x-men is that you know you're discriminated against and all these things think terrible things can happen to you from evil people but you are who you are and that's what makes you super that's what makes you powerful. It's not the powers that come with it. It's accepting the fact that who you are and what you do is that's what makes you a superhero. So I'm really excited for the MCU to see what's going on, what's happening. Also dying for another fucking Batman movie because they just released Batman 89, Batman Returns in the theaters and I know they're going to do the other two from the 90s here soon and I couldn't fucking watch them and it broke my heart because those first two Batman films are some of my favorite movies. It's such a bummer. Maybe I'll check out Batman Forever, even though I'm not a big fan. I haven't seen that movie in a theater since I was five years old. So maybe that'll be cool. But other than that, um, that was my kind of review, shit-talking, basically nothingness of Avengers Endgame. Um, you can tell me I'm an idiot. You can tell me I was right. doesn't matter to me. Um, my opinion is my opinion, just like we both have buttholes. I plan on closing these podcasts out with uh, music. Uh, the last episode I did, I did music of my own that I wrote uh, around Christmas time. Just fucking around. I like to fuck around and make some music. But uh, I'm also interested in promoting, you know, unplugging local bands or, you know, bands that want to get a shout out or anything like that. I'm a big lover of music. All things metal, rock, you name it. Not country or rap, sorry, but, you know, mainly rock and metal. If you're listening to this at all and you're in a band or you know somebody in a band, let them know and I'll, I'll plug their shit. Um, I usually try to end that, you know, I'll talk about their music a little bit and I'll end it with uh, with their song and a link in there and to, you know, check out their shit. Because I think local music is great, and I think rock needs to have a uh, renaissance because of the shit that's coming out on top forty is just disgusting, and we need to bring back we need to bring back the rock gods. The rock gods need to wake up. Just uh, DM me, send me an email, uh, Cody Draws at gmail.com. That's C O D E Y D R A W S at gmail.com. If you want me to plug your, your music or anything like that, I would be more than happy to. But other than that, um, I will see you guys next week. I'll probably do a review of Game of Thrones. And I bought a couple uh, comic books I can review as well and talk some sports since, you know, you know, rookie mini camps just finishing up and all that stuff. And we're going to go to OTAs with the NFL and then we'll talk more NBA. But today was all Avengers. So you guys have a great day.